welcome to the Real Point Exchange. This is Adam, and today we are going to be discussing Gen Con. Woo. 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 <laughs> All right, so it's been a while. So this is really, you know, not only are we just going to talk about the experiences, recommendations, et cetera, et cetera, but we're also going to be kind of checking to see how well our memories work. It was uh, several days ago. We're all getting up there in age, and alcohol was involved. So I think the most interesting way to do this or most would be chronologically because well, it wouldn't be interesting. It's kind of vanilla, but fuck it. Let's go with it. So, Burke, can I put you on the spot since you actually got there before any of us like a day before, didn't you? Um, I got there Wednesday. Oh, well, we all got there Wednesday. Yeah. Podcast mercenary Burke, by the way. Yeah, that's me. Podcast mercenary Burke. What's up? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was in Springfield like the weekend before. And we drove up, but uh, we all got up there basically same time as everybody else. I heard it was uh, construction and crazy shit like that. Well, we missed a lot of that because we had a carpool full of people that were going to different hotels. So like we dropped Ross and Maddie off first and they were outside of the city. So by the time you're there, we were just on side streets into mm. Indy proper. And that also shows how horrible my memory is, because I forgot to ask all my wonderful guests. Of course, Burke Podcast Mercenary has already spoke up. Who else is joining us today? Well, why don't uh, you this uh, is introduce Patrick. your old host? Yeah, you do it. Me? Yeah. And I was trying to, but then Chris <laughs> talked over me like an asshole, so I guess fine. <laughs> I was trying to get the host to introduce us all, but... You can't remember our names. <laughs> <laughs> so, as I was never saying beforehand joining me today are my lovely co-hosts of chris say something polite chris <laughs> am i capable of that yes <laughs> going over well, we'll skip burke because he already introduced himself because i'm an asshole rude <laughs> and i guess that would be alphabetically joe hello it's me the guy <laughs> So if in Kentucky, I'm, the alphabet, if I'm going to get the alphabet in Kentucky goes C, B, J? That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's, <laughs> okay, I got an there, English degree. It's, there's not a lot of edge Kentucky. Fuck you. He teaches computers, not yeah. edge. I, I, know, I know my ASDFs, <laughs> motherfucker. Uh, Patrick, you were introduced yourself a while ago? Uh, no, apparently, uh, this, apparently it's not that important. Uh, hi, I'm Patrick. <laughs> Guys, I'm... Super happy that you're sitting down here with me on this here. So Wednesday, I'll just go ahead and throw my little two cents in real quick here. I travel with children. So I took off fairly early that morning and I refused to pay a toll in Louisville. So, you know, fuck them. So I drive through Cincinnati, avoided all the kind of traffic that way. And I mean, got to the city without much problems, spent time with the in-laws. And then I rode over to Gen Con and I saw a drunk Ross and that's how my Wednesday started. Aren't you missing restaurant experiences? Oh yeah. And to show my old age. <laughs> and we also thank to many of our lovely uh, Patreon backers. Uh, we splurged a little bit and uh, the RPX crew that was available, we all went out and had a lovely very chill dinner at India Gardens, which if you're up in Indianapolis, I definitely recommend the place. It was food was great, wonderful atmosphere, and it was like a nice little centering thing. It was surprisingly quick. I, I, it wasn't that long that I'd ordered that I got my food. I was really surprised at that. Oh, yeah, yeah, it yeah. was pretty nice. Yeah, so we'll have to definitely try to do that again. Burke, you'll have to 
if you can make it down this next go around, we'd we'd uh, be happy to have you, sir. Sure. We, we would happy. We would be happy to have our patrons pay for your fee. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hey, well, you know, honestly, it wasn't really that expensive. I thought for like eight of us, eight, I think it was like $187 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Which... And, uh, there must be something about that place we don't know because it's the only restaurant within 20 minutes of ICC that's not always busy during Gen Con. Mm-hmm. So I feel like uh, there's something we're missing. It's ethnic. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> oh, God. The Midwest is not great about that, is all I'm saying. <laughs> Nerds kind of follow the path of least resistance. Like I found, like even going slightly outside of um, the con center was the difference mm-hmm. between like a ten-minute wait in um, a Starbucks line and a two-minute wait in a Starbucks line. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. So like even yeah, so like it was, and that was like pretty far from the the con center. So that was you know not not unexpected. We might have also gone at a slightly weird time. Well, I was thinking this jumping ahead a little bit, but. Joe and Sean Ferris and I tried to go get dinner and we went further than the Indian place and there were lines for like an hour and then doubled yeah. back to there and there were no lines. Yeah. And they seated us immediately. <laughs> there may also be like the con logic of like, I don't know what the state of the uh, restrooms are going to be here. I won't have curry. <laughs> no, maybe. Yeah. I think it's basically like, Oh, that's not burgers and beer. Yeah. Gonna it's, go it's strategic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really do think of that. It's just kind of a yeah, culture. It's probably fair. If you're ever swinging by folks in the meantime up in Indianapolis and go there, they actually have a hidden menu item that's not on the menu, but we had some kind of appetizer, like a call. What kind of cauliflower dish was it? It's, it's like, oh, the the fried cauliflower is so good. Really good. And totally enjoyed that. And then you had me try the bread. I've never had the bread. It was good. Oh, you never had none? No. I was just thinking bread in general. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, Adam's never eaten bread before. Oh man, that's good. Which is weird, considering he lives near the Amish. <laughs> None is good though. None yeah, is very good. It's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was cool. That, that's one of those culture shock things when, like, uh, America, like coming to America and like Indian food being comparatively rare and Americans being quite inexperienced with it. Because in the UK, like you guys like order out for pizza. And we order out for curry. It's right. it's huge over here. I I definitely will be doing more of it. I, I know that for sure. If so, I did that, and apparently, apologize for it slipping my mind. It was a memorable moment, folks, for each and every one of you. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and then we rode over to a bar, and I saw drunk cross. So, and then I can't remember much else of the evening. I think, oh, I sit in line all day, like forever, to get my. Gen Con shit and uh, mm-hmm. and God help you. Like, all right. So here's my warning to those of you traveling with children. If you're traveling with children, Gen Con does this really nice service that so they'll give you a wristband for your kid. It's got your cell phone number and stuff like that. So in case God forbid, in that throw, as we mentioned in the pre-episode, you're not running around going, Jason, Jason. You know, <laughs> they, you know, your kid's tagged. But that line shuts the fuck down at night. And there's just like three people manning the customer service area where you get those uh, wrist badges for the children. Mm-hmm. So I think I sit there till 2 a.m. At, at, cer- at a certain point, it was a battle of attrition. Sunk cost. Yeah, yikes. I was too deep, couldn't get out. But, you know, I got the things for the kids. So that was my experience. Uh, would anyone else care to jump in? Uh, so my experience actually started on like the Tuesday because I had to travel a lot further than you guys. So I ended up with 7 a.m. flight, 
out of Manchester, which is cool. Uh, so I had to be like down there the day before, uh, try and get egg, any sleep, leave my hotel at three, get to the airport in Manchester. And did you know that hell uh, and Manchester airport at 5am are virtually identical? Um, I did not. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't like, I imagine a lot of there's like headspace and like projecting the misery I felt in my soul uh, onto my, my surroundings. Uh, although in my defense, the airport did spring a leak. Uh, so, you know, that was cool. Got to Gatwick and then to Chicago. And then my, my flight out of Gatwick was delayed by like an hour. I, I think there was some there was some worry like a couple of weeks ago about union things, so I don't think it was that. I think they sort of that. It might have been just like weather. Uh, so I got to Chicago and was like, oh no, I'm gonna have to run to Indy and like, you know, got the express pass and like found some nice woman to be like, please, please, I have you have to help me. I have an accent. Like, <laughs> got got put on a bus and like the express pass I'd been given didn't tell me my gate. It just told me like to find out your gate, go somewhere else and get on a bus. And I was like, oh no, thankfully my was also delayed. So like I had plenty of like, like I was I was running through Chicago and I got to the, like this bus and be like what gate is this uh, so and so thirty two I was like okay is that like is it closing now do I have to run it's like uh no actually so I'm like oh okay drag my sweaty ass to the gate <laughs> wait for twenty minutes uh, and then like get into Indy like actually like I think friends about the same time as Joe because we waited for a lift together I don't think we were on the same flight but we got in the same time. Yeah, I think you probably got in like 10 minutes before I did. And then we late, waited an hour for Lyft. <laughs> there was a bit of a queue for Lyft, it's true. Yeah, probably just should have paid extra for a taxi. Uh, and then, yeah, back to you. And then to Indie Garden, and then to the Scottish place, I think it was called McIntyre's. I forget the exact name. McNiven. And I remember the, the night a bit better because I got carded for the first time in mm, 15 years. <laughs> Listener, you must understand that I am I am not a small man. <laughs> Usually like I just look at the bouncer and the bouncer looks up at me. I'm I'm coming in and they're like, Yeah you are. Uh I'm like <laughs> Okay, so I'm six foot three, Adam is six foot four, Patrick is a giant. But America is also a lot stricter about like uh and I'd left like my I don't have like um a UK driver's license. My only photo ID I had with me was my passport, which I put in my hotel room because security. Uh, so they got like, like, do you have photo ID? I actually don't. So I couldn't have anything to drink, uh, alcoholic to drink. Uh, so I remember the the pub a lot better than I think Adam did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently so, man. Uh, so yeah, uh, and that was like sort of the first informal like meetup of the the fans and all that, uh, and also the VR guy. Oh man. Got to like you know. So he said hey to Maddie and I think at her table where they were talking to this guy and I didn't, I didn't recognize him. And Spencer from the Mix 6 was there and then the guy like got up and left. And Spencer at this point had been like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Every time the guy was saying something and then like the guy got up and had, had to go and left and like turned to me and just, the fuck was he? <laughs> and I was like, he's not a friend of, I don't know, is he not a friend of yours? No, he was a rando that. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, just, he just like started talking to Maddie at the bar. And then just like follow it back to the table. Oh, it's much, much worse than that. Yeah, yeah, because they actually we met them at a different bar, I think, before you showed up at this place, Plat 99, which is like down the street. It was like half a mile away. Like, yeah, like I, I actually remember I was there when the VR Trooper met Maddie because like I was going in to get a beer. Was... OK, oh, so 
real fast. Uh, so this is how I started coming into Louisville, um, uh, Indiana. <laughs> uh, me and Jeb live in the same town, Louisville, Kentucky, and we mm-hmm. drove up together. So uh, while everyone's complaining about how they have like five hour flights or eight hour drives, Jeb and I are just like, hey, we'll be we'll be there in like 20 minutes, y'all. Son of a bitch. Well, nope. you do have to live in Kentucky, so yeah. Hey, Louisville's actually pretty cool. It's the rest of Kentucky that sucks, Adam. Yeah, he knows his ACBs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, we drove up and we got in around like two o'clock. It signed into the uh, hotel, and uh, I think we hooked up with Micah. We're like, hey, let's go get a beer. And as we're like looking for a place to go, Micah's like, hey, why don't we go to Plat Ninety Nine? Everyone else is there, and that's when I first saw Drunk Ross. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, drunk Ross. <laughs> I think it was just empty stomach drinking. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Ross has like... been drinking since like two. <laughs> <laughs> like the first thing he's like, Chris, how are you? I'm like, I- I'm Ross. I'm sober. He's like, that's a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I-, I-, I know it is. <laughs> that sounds like drunk Ross. Yeah. <laughs> drunk Ross is like, you know, you know how you screwed up. How did I screw up, drunk Ross? He's like, you had breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> You eat. (laughs) Now all the pros know the trick, don't they? You don't eat. Don't eat. You're (laughs) drinking bread anyway. (laughs) Only use diet soda as a mixer, and you're there. So tell me about, like, why are we calling this guy the VR Trooper? So he was extremely convinced that VR was, like, the way of the Oh, no, no. Oh, not just that. He, like, he specifically comes to these conventions, or at least... From what I understood, understand, he specifically came to these conventions to show off VR. He's like, yeah, I got VR in my room and I want to show it to folks. Like, uh, well, what do you think about this? You're it's cool. I, I never actually I never actually spoke to him about VR itself. So I didn't know about the hotel room thing, but we can now, I think, all agree that it's a sex thing, right? Oh, 100%. It has to be a sex thing. 100%. It would be safer, though sadder, if it actually was a VR thing. Come to my room and like put on this headset. Like that's a no. That's a sex. No, that's a sex. No, I don't want to. Okay, so when we were initially moving from Plat ninety nine to McNiven's, or we like broke off to India Gardens, this dude just like grabbed onto me and just spent like a good twenty minutes talking to me. He's like, "Hey, your jacket's really cool. Like, what's that about?" I'm like, "Oh, this is my nihilism jacket. It's just kind of a joke." It's like, oh, what, what's that patch say? It's like, and, and I'm like, uh, I like held it up and like, it says, be remembered, make enemies. <laughs> He's like, oh, why? I'm like, because life sucks. He's like, yeah, no, life does suck. I've been to Afghanistan and it was terrible in Afghanistan. <laughs> I'm like, what the? F-? And like this, I was like, hey, uh, I have to go to dinner now. I have to be somewhere else. <laughs> I, have be, I have to be where you're not. <laughs> I have to go polish my dog. <laughs> the fuck and that's how i got away from the vr trooper that's pretty like it's kind of fucked up i think it's like how hh holmes got people into his hotel at the world at the world's fair yeah that was my the second the headset goes on like and then like the blade comes down or (laughs) oh lord i never saw him but i just heard everybody bitch about him and yeah i didn't uh, interact with him at all (laughs) me either i i feel extremely lucky at this point i I saw the initial interaction, and I honestly thought he was just being really nice to Maddie. Nah. And then it happened. 
Oh, Lord. Yeah, so you, you sometimes, folks, if you take anything from this recording, sometimes you just really got to have a resting bitch face and just keep it full blast. That really discourages those kind of interactions, I find. Yep. It's not foolproof. Adam, <laughs> I have a resting bitch jacket. Like, my entire... You've seen my jacket. It's like, just fuck off. Leave me alone. It's a bitch it jacket. You didn't get it. <laughs> but... Yeah, there's nothing resting about that bitch. That is an active bitch face. <laughs> yeah, it's like, fuck off. I think like half of people here were in Cool Guy Party Room. Yeah, it's about accurate, yeah. So me and Joe and Chris uh, all shared a hotel room with Jeb and Nathan in the uh, JW Marriott, so that was really good and central. That was, that was fantastic. That's the second time we've been able to, well, that I've been able to at least, uh, be in the JW. Yeah, it's the first time for me. JW is pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. For real. Until you try to get out of the elevators. That was a fucking epic quest, but I'm getting ahead of myself. You know? <laughs> like, I think that was the last time I ever saw you was just like hauling that goddamn fucking cooler of beer. That was fine. Oh, yeah, we were also the drinks, the drinks room. Uh, next year, I'm not going to bring that cooler, just so y'all know. Uh, I don't blame you. Uh, I would prefer uh, many more smaller coolers. I mean, it worked for the it, it worked for a lot of things, I guess. Oh, it was a cooler, and it cooled things. But it was also, you could have fucking hit a body in there if you just cut it in half. I had one cooler, y'all. <laughs> That's the only cooler I own. I'm glad you brought it. I'm, I'm happy that cooler was there. But, you know, that doesn't make, that doesn't mean it wasn't heavy as fuck. <laughs> it, was. it was. Cool guy, party room. Awesome. Yeah, I was, I was with the family. Burke, did you stay on... The premise, or did you have to lift in and out? No, I was in the JW with uh, Sean Ferris. Oh, okay. So I mentioned that I set up all, well, till probably 2.30 in the morning trying to get the fucking badge. And then, uh, you know, Adam, when he schedules events in May or whenever mm-hmm. that is, doesn't like look at like 8 a.m. and think it's a big deal. But <clears throat> Thursday morning, 8 a.m. was a pretty goddamn big deal. But yeah, I had an 8 a.m. game. I woke up, went through the press line real quick, real easy. Got my shit, went in there, and played um, Ragamuffins, which is a game that is coming out by Hellgrain Press, and it is a... Uh, it was described to me as swords and sandals kind of game, so it's gumshoe. And it's, it's, it leans closer toward the Time Watch aspect, which makes sense, because the creator is Kevin Culp, who also did Time Watch, but I sat down, had a wonderful game of uh, Ragamuffins, so definitely will be buying that when it comes out. I just realized my dumb ass called the uh, Pilgrim game Ragamuffins. That was the name of the scenario. It was uh, Swords and Serpents. I was going to say, Ragamuffin sounds adorable. Okay. It, <laughs> a Swords <laughs> and Serpentine. I was going to say, is that like Pilgrim's like, no thank you evil kind of game? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was playing like a little street urchin, so it was pretty good. But yeah, I jumped in that game, and then I think... Immediately after that game, I went and played uh, 13th Age. Like, no, like maybe 30 minute break between the two. So I was starving to absolute fucking death by the time I got out of there. But, like, I hadn't played a D20 game in ages. So that was kind of fun to take part in it and did a little bit of vendor hauling. But I'll talk about my loot a little bit later on. Uh, how's everybody else's Thursday? Uh, that was my first Red Markets game. Uh, I woke up late because I am not a morning person. I wandered around the uh, dealer's hall for a little while and like, spent way too too much money printing out uh, materials for my game. Because uh, 
I'm bad at preparing, y'all. <laughs> Same here. Yeah. Um, and then eventually, like, I, I got into the IGDN booth because I was Red Markets for uh, Caleb and uh, them. And it was a really, really good game. Like, we had uh, a couple of folks jump in, and uh, I was uh, I, I was working on, I, I was uh, playtesting Trabajo, and they decided to play uh, Operator's Joels. <laughs> or at least not Operator's Joels, but um, uh, the, the game that caleb wrote uh, the uh session that caleb wrote that was basically operator from the 10k the 10k's joke. and uh it went real bad somebody got bit mm-hmm. there was a vector outbreak yeah you have it <laughs> yeah all the players basically got uh pinged by the moths and they have a bounty on their head now as they should <laughs> oh yeah right so what was the impression of that group well, I had two players who were used to it. One player who had played once or twice in the past, uh, and a couple of newbies. The newbies were intrigued by the game. The player who had played once before was the one who went vector, and she was fantastic. I gave her her own little mini game where she was like, "Okay, you're just gonna infect as many moths as possible." <laughs> um, and, and the two guys, the the two players who had played before, were having fun. That's cool, man. Glad yeah. it worked out. Thursday, uh, so I had to. I got up good and early to get to my uh, will call. Uh, I find that it's not too bad if you go like at, like nine in the morning, not super early, but make sure you do it first thing, uh, and then it's like forty five minutes instead of you know two hours out in the sun uh, for a lot of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Had some fun when the lady took my passport and walked away and didn't come back for a good long time. That was fun. Cool, cool, cool. Because, uh, like, oh no, is that there can't be another one? There can't be like I've had to deal with my dad having my name forever, and it's like and she came vanished. Like I saw her picking through the entries, looking confused. Like it's a it's an odd name. There can't be too many of us. At, dad, are you here? Do you want to be even here, old man? No. Um, got my into again. Gave gave the, the the running of the nerds a miss before venturing into the dealers hall. Eventually, I think at this point I was hanging out with you, Chris. Um, got. Uh, yeah, that, we were hanging out then. Yeah. Uh, swung by uh, Arc Dream, not for myself, but for Daniel, who's on it occasionally. Um, Arc Dream were doing this thing of, like, you could swing by their booth and get a, like, a stamp, like a, you know, kuchunk, um, to put, like, the Delta Green stamp, like like a, a redacted or a four eyes only kind of thing um, on, on documents. Uh, but you had to come by and get it, and they had a limited run. I'd emailed ahead uh, Shane Ivy, like, can I can I reserve one? Um, and I was still, like, swinging by first thing to get it. And the, like, hour between the the dealer's hall opening and me swinging by was enough for them to be empty, apart from... Well, yeah, you got the last apart from, one. Apart from the one I reserved. That was the last one they had. Yeah. So those those didn't last. Those went quick. I don't know if they had, like, you know, if they'd ordered 20 or something, or if it was just, like, a horde of, like, but uh, yeah, so that was fun. Um, let's see. I think Friday was my Call of Cthulhu game, um, which was uh, pretty fun. I died, so that was cool. Um, <laughs> lady, uh, it was called uh, For Want of a Nail, which I think we were playtesting. Uh, and the, the idea of it was like everyone is, is gathered around for a, uh, you know, preparing for one of these academic ex, uh, ex, um, expeditions or something um, when. Uh, you know, a, a lady comes in and and, uh, and says something to the effect of like, "I'm being followed" and whatever. And then there's a little cult, uh, but but you know, it's very unclear. Like, is this lady crazy? Is the is the the, the group saying like, uh, you know, she she belongs with us? 
genuine or whatever, or were they, or were they cult? Uh, what is the the monster? So yeah, it was a, it was a good time. Uh, uh, I think that was the last thing. Yeah. Okay. Cool. What about you, Burke? Did you what did you get into uh, on Thursday? Thursday? No, nah, nothing really happened Thursday. That was just uh, generally some wandering around either the dealer hall or just playing random games with some combination of like Spencer, Sarah, Ross, Maddie, and Caleb. Just some subset of that group. Off and on, I didn't really play any games. I did shopping, but we'll talk about that later. Um, yeah, just hung out with people, drank a fuck ton of margaritas at Bakersfield. That's about it. That's about all I remember from Thursday. Yeah, I can remember Maddie mentioning about the margaritas. Yeah, we went through like two or three pictures, just the two of us. There was a fair amount of alcohol on Thursday and Friday I... and Saturday and Sunday. I like yeah. drinking with Maddie because she's Australian, so uh, she can keep up. It's fun. Thursday. like Ross. Ah, <laughs> oh, burn. Or, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. On Thursday, I also took a hard miss on the running of the nerds um, Mm -hmm. because I don't want to get crushed. I'm a little guy. (laughs) Uh, See, walked to dealer's hall, didn't buy anything. I didn't really buy anything until Saturday. Um, Demoed a couple games, um, took a bunch of pictures, just kind of wandered around trying to get a sense of, uh, you know, get get the Gen Con experience out. So I don't do too much wandering later. Uh, spoilers. It didn't work. Um, I didn't really play any games on Thursday. I had some games planned, but, you know, I, I bounced on those. I wasn't super enthralled. I, I usually try and pick up some tickets for games I think I might want to play and then make or miss them when I show up. Uh, and as I got drunk that night and every subsequent night, I didn't feel like showing up for a lot of games. <laughs> <laughs> the trick is to be the GM of those games, and, and then you have to be there. Super hungover. Yeah. Uh, what else did I do Thursday? That's pretty much it. Wandered around, took a bunch of pictures. Most of them didn't come out the way I'd like. Yeah, demoed some stuff, and then uh, showed up Thursday night for the drinkathon. Is that when we played We're Doomed, or was that the next night? Uh, I think uh, it was the I first night. So Thursday. Yeah, I think it was the first yeah. night. First night got too drunk too fast. Played a game called We're Doomed. Uh, where you play leaders of uh, where the earth is 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 doomed, and we play leaders of several countries designated by their uh, government type. And uh, I nuked Patrick and uh, didn't escape the planet. So that Round was fun. three. So that was cool. Round three as soon as possible. Yes, as <laughs> soon as I possibly could. Of a, of, a, of a game that's like hard coded to last. 15 minutes. Like 15 it's, minutes. 30 minutes if you pull the one card that doubles the game length, basically. Right. Uh, it's a pretty good party game. I can't see playing it like four or five times in a row, uh, but I can see playing it, you know, every month or so. Uh, yeah, and then I got drunk, but not shit-faced, uh, which I managed to avoid. And um, yeah, <laughs> that was my Thursday. I found out that Joe is very good at getting drunk very fast and maintaining that level of drunkenness. It was honestly kind of impressive. It's a skill. Yeah, I I am a small person uh, and I don't drink a lot. And uh, But I am also the son of an alcoholic, so I am very aware of how drunk I am and aware of how drunk I want to be. <laughs> so uh, those skills help me just maintain the level of drunkenness I want. Oh, I'm getting too drunk? Stop. Stop drinking. Drink some water. All right, now you can drink again. I mean, that's all there is to it. <laughs> I mean, basically, yeah. Uh, was Scootily Bop Thursday or Friday? Uh, Scootily Bop was Friday. 
Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> God damn it. Scootily. And what an absurd uh, okay. game. Is um okay. Chris, yeah, when mostly, you started uh, on my Friday. Sure. Uh, so Friday was uh my first, my second game. Um, I spent I spent some time like wandering around the dealer hall trying to pick up stuff like uh Quacks of Quellenberg because everyone was talking about it. Seems super fun still. Um, but it's a good game. I had my uh my first official horrible con game. Oh boy, tell us about it. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. So. <laughs> The first thing I should have realized is when like everyone showed up the same time except for one guy who was like, "Yeah, no, uh the patriarch hasn't shown up yet. He's trying to get everything for everyone else." I'm like, "Okay." I'm like, "What do you mean by the patriarch?" He's like, "Yeah, no, we've been gaming for years together and he's he's our main DM." I'm like, "Okay." And he's like, "He's read the book." I'm like, "Okay." Wait, are you saying that you you conclusively have found it? You have found the triarchy? <laughs> I have found the patriarchy. You and really should have taken care of that. <laughs> and you didn't dismantle them? Well, that would have been murder, y'all. And Patrick, you picked up the watch. That's your job. Hey, we'll get to we'll get to that later. Alright, so anyways. Um so it, it's like a standard red markets game. Like the the whole thing was they had to like hunt down sensors in a school and everyone picks up their pregens. Like a what a rando who eventually goes to the mixed sex game with me also like shows up and he picks up pregen and like everything seems fine if a little murder hoboey like everyone's like very very intent on what they have that they can do and like their skill sets and uh like how much stuff they have which whatever then i pulled a raccoon leg for red y'all know the raccoon leg correct Mm -hmm. (laughs) what about for the listeners at home chris so the raccoon leg for the listener is uh it's a leg where uh, it's before you even get to the job. You have to um, like you see a raccoon digging into a backpack. And if you like go mess with the raccoon, you find out that the backpack is full of explosives. And if you ignore the raccoon, the raccoon just fucking explodes. Now, if you're a nosy bitch, which everyone is in red markets, apparently every single time I've run this game, that's how it's ended up. They look into it and like they realize that, hey, something is probably going on here because this is a fallback site. And they run into a pair of cult, a group of cultists trying to sell blight to each other with the uh, use of a vector. The co- the sane response is to without inter- interacting with it at all, right? Yeah. It's not worth the funds you're going to expend to fix it. Yeah. Right. Um, in this case, the players decided to jump right in, go full on, yeah, this is my D&D encounter for today. And like the whole time, I'm just like, this is a bad idea. This is a bad idea. And like, I'm, I am building up the tension and like three characters nearly fucking died. And not like nearly died as in like, oh, they, they ran out of a uh, hit point. No, like they nearly had their fucking heads ripped off. So, like, I, the, the whole point of that leg for me was to try to play up the, the sheer deadliness of Redmark. Right, yeah. Um, after that, they got to the school, and uh, they had the scene where they could interact with the cults, the other cultists who were like, yeah, no, as long as you don't mess with our weird crystal bullshit, we'll leave you alone. And, like, one guy was like, yeah, no, he was, like, trying to be full-on negotiator. And uh, El Patriarch, oh, while dude's making a roll, is like, yeah, I shoot her in the head. Keep it classy, El Patriarch. Like, uh, classic gamer. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah um, so it turns into like this one like contracted 
gun battle while everyone else is like getting inside and dealing with the shit. And this dude and his son are like trying to murder people as much as possible. And I'm like, this is a bad idea, dude. You're, you're outgunned. And like, he's like, yeah, I'm going to hide in the car in like a prone position in such a way that when, once I see other cars coming, I can fire off and kill them. Like, Oh, uh, okay. I'll let you do that once. All right, and then they're going to light that car up. <laughs> yeah. They did light that car up. Yeah. And he got really fucking mad. He's like, well, I had, I had armor. I'm like, no, you didn't. You had a five-year-old car. Yeah. That has been rusting for five years. This car's been out in the weather for this entire time. <laughs> yeah. And like, he just kept rolling really well to the point where I think he actually has loaded dice. Mm. Ooh. Yeah. Like, he, and then I found out that he was cheating too because he was like, Yeah, they're crazies because they're cracked. I'm like, No, no, the, you're cracked. That means you're insane. Not right. that, that, not that you get a bonus to crazy. Yeah, what? That's not, yeah. that's not anywhere in the rules. It's literally just made up. Right? Like, Homeboy was just cheating, like, blatantly cheating. Patriarchy got cheaters. The, <laughs> right? It got to the point where, like, I, I was just, like, giving... Uh, I just sort of gave up after a while. I'm like, yeah, you took them out. You get a ping, by the way. Because he was, like, one of the few people with, like, Ubix. He's like, and, like, yeah, they know who you are, and they have bounties out on all of your heads. Uh-huh. So you're trying to say these guys didn't have a good time? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Oh, it, I'm not done yet. Homeboy found out that one of the players was immune. Oh, one of the PCs no. was immune. Another player decided to play a believer who was specifically a Randian. So homeboy um, picked up the Randian in his car because they both managed to get cars. Like they managed to get two trucks out, shot the Randian in the head, kicked them out of the, uh, the car, which caused an, an, a stress check for another player. Then hunted down the immune specifically to sell to stop loss <sighs> afterwards this guy's like the, the guy just stops and says i've been playing D since i was 10 like i i could it tell shows. wow yeah, yeah. Uh, i i hope you like made him take some severe penalties for that right uh, i tried making him i tried to get him to take several several penalties like he cracked twice okay, yeah all right dude was not dude was not playing red marks dude was playing i want to murder everyone he was yeah jesus christ so that was my second gen con game chris my friday is like i played in a um cat cthulhu game with uh jeff so you know i show up to it at 8 a.m because i fucking never learned my lesson and uh man like it was a unique game like i, I didn't have a bad time but like i was kind of distracted because the person who i was sitting next to and i'm not going to shame anyone but I, I was just mildly uncomfortable with the person with the cat ears and the cat tail who periodically throughout the game started licking her the back of her hand and stuff like that. So that, that was my... She was just in character, Adam. She, she Honey, was, no. God. So I'm, I'm of two minds about that. On the one hand, like, no one is hurt by that. On the other hand, like, it's clearly sort of a sexual thing. It seems clear to me that it's sort of a sexual thing. So keep that in your bedroom. <laughs> it's like, I was sitting there thinking, like, this Gen Con, Con flu. I mean, she just might as well go lick the bathroom door or something like yeah, that. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but it was it was kind of a, you know, it was a fun game. I played a dog, a ghost dog, 
like I could do absolutely nothing except just kind of peek indoors and stuff like that. But I had a really good time with that, playing with a group of people. And I think Friday I did I did my portion of the meeting. Yes, the meeting was on Friday. Nice. So I got to uh, you know act like I was Joe. They never asked for any identification or anything, but uh, it was me and uh, Spencer and and me and Jeb. Yeah, yeah, it was just the four of us, but it was really kind of low key. I mean, it wasn't that bad. Uh, I mean, the food's great and all that, but I enjoyed the conversation. It was a nice little, you know, take a step away from it to the con for a moment. Absolutely, yeah. It was a lot. It was the the meeting was last year, like this huge thing where we had to book a side room or whatever. And because a lot of people who made it last year couldn't make it this year, and people had slightly less line up in their schedules, we had to split it in two. So I don't know what the other meeting thing was like. I know Jeb did. No, that was pretty chill too. Yeah. How many was that? Yeah, five. Okay, so slightly. So even even together, like nine people. Yeah, eight because Jeb was there twice. Um, (laughs) We were like thirty, so it's significant drop. Yeah, yeah, it was a pretty insane last year. I'm sad I missed it this year. They fixed their billing process pretty nice too, where you just they bring like a little station out to your table and you pick what you ordered and then swipe your card and stuff like that. Which uh, wish they'd had that last year. I wonder if they did that because of us. It's not impossible. <laughs> like that's an update a lot of restaurants do, but it's not necessarily like the first thing they the first move because it's expensive. But uh, I'm sure splitting all those checks cost a lot of money too. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty awesome. I mm-hmm. appreciated it. And then I guess we went over to uh, next thing was mix six and uh, RPPR. But like before that, did anyone else do anything Friday morning? Yeah. So I played with. Um, Aaron Ross and Maddie from RPPR, we played Free Spacer. Oh, he with, just posted that. Yeah, with uh, Christoph Savinsky ran it. He's the dude who wrote it. Um, it's super fun. It's like a sandboxy space game where you play Free Spacers who are just kind of sort of generic mercenaries on the ship, but not combat mercenaries. You can play political mercenaries, whatever. You just do jobs for other people. Um, it's pretty fun. It's a little crunchier, I think, than maybe some people like, but it has a lot of options and has a lot of really great tools to like. Uh, quickly build up sort of like stars without numbers where it has a lot of tools to quickly build environments and sectors yeah. and worlds um, to play in. That's really adaptable to, to other systems. Um, so that was fun, but it ran a little long, which is why I missed the meeting. Cause by the time we were done, there's only like 20 minutes left in lunch. So yeah, totally fine. They still build us for you, but we didn't pay it. So it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what Spencer is saying is taken off the bill, but as long as, as long as that happened, no one, no, it's all good. Like, yeah, fine. yeah, no, like we, I thought we were saying, oh, yeah, he's telling Joe, and I was like, oh, wait, no, no, we did all get to that and be like, hang on, there's someone left on here. Like, mm-hmm. they built us five yeah. mains and there were four people at the table. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, they just automatically go, like, that table is a booking for five, even though there's only four people there. So they mm-hmm. just put five mains on there. Ah, uh, that's okay. Well, I'm not, I'm not a fan of that. That's not a good mm-hmm. idea. Yeah, they were, it was easy enough to fix, but I understand why they would do it, but yeah. not great. I had so, uh, a mo- oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say I think from that point on though we basically all had the, kind of the same Friday. Yeah. From, from that point. Um I went to I think one thing that I did that the others didn't is I went to a live recording of the Neoscum podcast, which I don't know if anyone else here listens to. Nope. Nope. Uh Neoscum is in the sort of one shot and uh, campaign uh orbit of uh Chicago based improvisers doing actual plays. Uh this one is Shadowrun. 
by hmm. is that the uh, one that was before RPPR Live? Sorry. Yes, I think it, it was, was right it was before immediately us. before RPPR Same room. So cool. I was just I was just there the whole night, basically. <laughs> and yeah, that was fun. Like you you know, you just go in there and when watching some improvers do improv and that was, sounds like a good it was time. Fun. Yeah. I'm sorry, I just remembered at the RPPR Live, like, before everyone was coming in, Caleb's like, hey, I need tickets from everyone, tickets, tickets, everyone, I'm like, and I just like, okay, I'll leave, and Caleb just, like, laughed, he's like, no, nah, you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord, for the mix six, like, so, you know, I've recorded that for them, I, I love uh, helping out, and, you know, it's, you know, kind of fun to be able to be a part of the, you know, the the process there, so I've I set up at the for the mix six and I'm sitting in the floor and then there's a portion of the mix six show that, you know, you could win something. Well, I'm like out of the periphery. They can't see me and they're asking like trivia questions. And I, you know, I'll, I'll raise my hand occasionally if I know one, cause I really wanted to get that poster of Peyton in my bedroom that they had, but like, Jesus. I, I know I just thought it would be great. And then it would be a nice conversation piece. But uh, Chris, like he didn't take the fucking hint. I didn't fucking see you, Thornsburg. I know I was sitting in the floor, but no, nah, it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, I I am happy to have this shirt that I will never wear because it's several sizes too large. You have a nightgown, a moo-moo. <laughs> am I a fucking moomin? <laughs> but I, <laughs> do I wear nightgowns, Thornsburg? I don't know. I've never been around your house at night. <laughs> am I a fucking Victorian child? Maybe. Do you want to be a Victorian child? <laughs> I also received a shirt that did fit. So, haha. Yeah, the only, the only, the, 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 some of the prizes they were giving it were, were posters. Some of them were shirts, but the only shirts they had left were 2XL, which is like weird for like nerd shirts because usually we're, we're not a slim group as a, as a whole. So, the largest yeah. I find tend to sell out quite quickly. So, no, I, I go. Like, I have this 2XL shirt. I'm like, I love it because it's party foul and I love those guys and I got signatures from both of them, but. <laughs> I should have gotten the Peyton in my room, but I didn't realize that was an option at the time because they didn't make it clear. <laughs> you know, I can't really think of what happened after that. I think um, I got lost at some point. I don't know where. Probably went back to my hotel room, went to sleep because, you know, 8 a.m. games. Uh, we went to the drunk duck. Oh, that's right. I didn't get lost. I just, I don't even think <laughs> I drank. It's just old age kicking in right now, guys. Explain something to me. Like, everybody's crazy about zombie dust up there. And mm-hmm. I've drank zombie dust and don't see what the hype's about. I had like, a mouthful of it on the Thursday. And, like, admittedly, when it comes to beer, I don't have a palate. I have a tongue. Yeah, and I'm in the same kinda, boat. Kind of tastes like an okay beer to me. But, like, I don't drink enough beer to make the whatever makes it stand out as a beer stand out. I drink a lot of beer and I drink a lot of craft beer. And zombie dust is an amazing IPA. I would not suggest chugging it as uh, yeah. Patrick out. And Joe, I think you were there too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Amazing catch, uh, by the way. Oh, oh, you chugged. Sorry, I thought, you was, I thought for a second you meant like, like no. No. Yeah, no, no. I, I I chugged that IPA, which was a mistake because I want. I didn't want to finish it. I didn't want to like run off without finishing my beer because it's a really fucking good IPA. Mm-hmm. IPAs are not chuggable, gal. Nope. I never have drank varnish, but I assume that's kind of what varnish tastes like. No, varnish is lethal. Yeah, it wasn't that strong actually. Like it was a uh, one of the things I, I I kind of liked about it was that it was an IPA, but it didn't have that thing a lot of IPAs yeah. have where they like I guess hops were really cheap one year, so they just like put all the hops they could into the beer. 
Like they just they just they squeezed. put all the hops in your beer so you could hops while you hop. Yeah, they just had like a beer can full of hops and then like a little beer on top of that. Like no, it wasn't like that. It, it actually had a flavor profile beyond hops. Okay. Right. So I think the people that really really like zombie dust are people who like beer but have never had an IPA they like. So it's kind of like the first very drinkable IPA for them. Oh, which okay, I can see that. It's definitely better than gumbo. I've had gumbo, and that also tasted like, like it's you know. it's a very good IPA. Oh, similarly that day I had malort, which they like to make out as like the, the opposite, the worst thing in the world. It just tastes like like it doesn't have much of a taste. It has a strong aftertaste. It doesn't have much of a, a taste taste. And then the aftertaste is just like okay, yeah, this is slightly bitter. Admittedly, like I have a slightly different flavor profile because y'all cows don't even suck dick. So I, it's not about <laughs> cowardice. <laughs> <laughs> I've had worse. I don't have a taste for it. Uh, who's to say I haven't sucked dick? First of all, <laughs> uh, I guess it moves on to the when we actually all went to the RPPR live episode, which was a quite momentous occasion. Yeah. That's fucking segue of the year, right there. <laughs> uh, God, so they did the you know usual uh, Ross Payton impersonation contest. So. I was just like, I volunteered to record the audio for the, the mic that was passing around, but things went too quick later on. And I don't even know if Ross included it in the uh, master recording, but like when it got to the RPPR, I mean, the Ross Payton impersonation deal, I'm sitting there and I have my, I have a set of headphones on listening, checking the audio levels and stuff like that. And then I don't know who the fuck did it, man, but somebody grabbed that mic and like choked up on it. It's like, I mean, just screamed right in there. I slung the fucking, I don't think anyone noticed really. I slung the fucking headphones off my head. I noticed Adam. I said, God damn, blew my fucking eardrums out. But that was, uh, that was my portion of the show there. Um, I would like to do a big thanks to RPPR's Aaron. He uh, presented me with one of the elusive uh, Delta Green stamps at the uh, meetup. So uh, thank you, Aaron. I definitely appreciate that. Hard to find item. Patrick, did you win anything up at the RPPR meetup? No, I pointedly didn't. <laughs> Purposefully yes, <you> didn't. Did. <laughs> yeah, so like, what was that thing that Aaron designed? It looked like a pipe bomb. Um, it was meant to be bone solvent. And it had yes. like metal caps at one end and then like a translucent body that was filled with, I think he said it was some form of laundry detergent. So it was like one of those like light uh, electric blue colors. Um, like as a, as a gelatin stuff. And I was like, well, I cannot take that on a plane. That looks like several bombs. Uh, <laughs> that looks like I'm trying to smuggle the T-virus back into the UK. <laughs> it doesn't uh, just so, look like a bomb. It looks like the origin of bombs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so like when we did the, the uh, like, it was like a, a come up with a funny line, basically, uh, competition. Uh, and I, I got a, a big laugh. I was like, oh, oh, no. Oh no, I'm gonna to have to take that back, aren't I? <laughs> and then, like, it came down to like a, a clapping thing. I was like, no, please, please, I have to take it on a plane. No, <laughs> please give it to someone else. I, th- I think Caleb said that you were gonna end up in a black site. Yeah, yeah, like I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't leave Chicago. I'd be left in one of those like Chicago PD black sites, just ready to. Sh- <laughs> I mean, God. you could have left it with us, Patrick, and my dog would have eaten it and died. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I considered it, but a, a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair. Oh God! So after you know, we witnessed the uh, wedding proposal, and just everything kind of disseminated from there. I remember we played uh, some games. I also remember Joe and I and 
with Nathan with us on that trip? Who else went on the pizza or brownie? Yes. Uh, and Nathan was there. He was the lead guy. And it was the two of us and brownie with the summoning the pizzas. Uh, what is the name of that pizza place? It was. It's this it hot good. box. Hot box. Yeah, we uh, went, ran out, grabbed a big bunch of pizzas, made a... Uh, did we end up playing that... What's that board game you guys bought? The one where you're like, fuck I think your this buddy. is when we kept it sexy. Yeah, yeah, I mostly paid attention to keeping it sexy with Kenny G. <laughs> after that, after I'd had my like three slices of pizza soak up all that booze. So it's it, it's normally a tradition to inflict a game called Battle Boulders on Ross, which is yes. a terrible wrestling-themed game that has just zero skill to it. It's like roll a d20. It has that's zero game it. to it. Not a game. And, and, it's yeah. not a game. It's really not. <laughs> and every time, like we make a play, and he just suffers because it's it's so it's so nothing. Uh, but I think Noah couldn't come this year, and he's the one who has it. So we had yeah. to find like the nearest like what is the, what what kind of game, uh, and that was keeping it sexy with Kenny G, uh, mm-hmm. which was about a day in the life of Kenny G, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you had to like it was a cooperative jazz card game where uh, every every stage of every of his day Kenny G has a problem that will cause him to lose groove points. Yeah, so these are things his, like his Kramer's gone sour. Yeah. He's late for his airplane yeah. to Seattle. There's there's traffic no. on the state. Yeah. And and so and each card of this problem has like a combination of jazzy flourishes that we're not sure in the fiction in is this Kenny G plays these notes to They were scootily D Bop Wah 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 and something yeah. else. And it's unclear in the fiction. Is is this what Kenny G has to play to keep his cool? Or is Kenny G some kind of jazz sorcerer that can part the the, the interstate with the force of his jazz and get to work? <laughs> I'm still of the opinion that this is just Kenny G like writing note I don't want to call them music. I don't want to call it music because it's not. Are you saying writing Kenny G can't can't read? music <laughs> yeah yes i'm saying kenny g can't read music but i'm also saying whatever he makes is not music um whatever he does in his head as a coping mechanism Oof. kenny g has severe post-traumatic stresses for some reason everything turns into no normies around chris <laughs> and it is also worth pointing out that in the metric of this game it is equally bad to lose one's wallet and have the earth invaded by aliens those have the same loss of group points. Kenny G holds those things to be morally equal. <laughs> I mean, Kenny G's kind of a monster, apparently. It's really the goal of the game. Did you all have fun playing it? It's actually pretty fun. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's really it's, fucking fun. I only watched, but like it, it seemed to have really nice synergy, uh, and it's cooperative. Uh, yeah, and it seemed like a good time. <laughs> it was a really well-designed game, despite itself. <laughs> Awesome. There was some like perfect, like unintentional, like the the stars aligning comic timing as we were like setting out the the final stage of the challenges because it was like um, like al- album release date getting postponed, lose wallet, and then the final one was the alien invasion, which I think is the only one like that in the deck. Oh <laughs> uh, no, there are two like that. One is like alien invasion, and the other is jazz is illegal. <laughs> oh yes, jazz gets outlawed. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool I'm, i saw the board but i didn't actually get to check out the game i really don't remember what the hell i did friday night to be honest i know i ended up saying outside smoking with sean ferris for half the night but like i don't yeah. really remember anything else i just remember sitting around talking to people mostly yeah. 
Um, oh, I played Mental Blocks because Maddie got that, which was a cool little spatial reasoning type game. Oh, um, yeah. I saw that. Where, uh, so there's a distribution of pieces of, they're like little foam blocks and they're either squares or, or long rectangles or cubes rather, or triangles or wedges. Um, and they're different colors. So there's black, white, blue, and yellow. And everybody, you form a team. It's cooperative. Everybody gets, for a given puzzle, everybody gets a card that is either a flat 2D view from a certain direction of what you're trying to build, but with color, or an isometric view, but grayscale. And you have to work together to build whatever the puzzle shape is within 10 minutes. Um, So it's pretty fun, because on top of that, then there's restriction cards where um, everybody gets one. You can maybe only touch squares. You can't touch yellow pieces. You can't talk. Um, you can only move pieces if two people are touching them, stuff like that. So it becomes sort of a communication sort of spatial game. It's actually a pretty fun little party game. I would be outrageously bad at that. Yeah, me too. My spatial awareness is terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's usually, I think almost, we won both times we played, but it was always because we had to like help one other, because you can't see each other's cards. So you can only, you can only tell people. Uh, it's like uh, there's like a communication aspect to it because people don't always communicate very clearly. They're just like, oh, I just have yellow here. And you're like, yeah, but yellow what? And blah, 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 blah. So it's interesting. Yeah, it's fun. I think Saturday was the, I didn't have anything scheduled till the uh, Delta Green panel that Patrick and I went to, but I, that's when I went out and spent all my money. So <laughs> I went out shopping with the wife prior to the cosplay parade. So I went in and spent a shitload of money, but uh, so yeah, I've, I'll talk about what I bought. And you know, when we get finished up here with the loot, I just got my credit card bill in Friday, Joe. And I probably should have listened to you when you were saying about spending money. Yeah, it was, your list is. Uh, hmm. It was. It was. It was. Uh, well, I yeah, it was. <laughs> I spent too much money. Did anybody else get into anything Saturday? Uh, I got into a game of the King and Yellow RPG that Pelgrane is uh, pushing out. So it's like a super rules light, even compared to um, Gumshoe versions. So like um, investigatives are just like they're not limited anymore. You just sort of cite them. They're more, they function almost more like aspects in in a game like Fate. Um, general abilities sort of work more or less the same way. Um, health and sanity work slightly differently. In that instead of gambling with them as general abilities, now uh, the pool is just for the, the spend. And if you take damage to either sanity or, or uh, hit points, you gain these like cards, which function as um, conditions, sort of, to reflect like you have been rattled. And in order to um, discard this card, you have to do a certain thing. Uh, and if you get too many of them without being able to discard them, then you go insane or you die. Um, it was like a, an interesting game to get to grips with. I, I think the it wasn't a great con game because pretty clear the um, the guy running it was uh, a first of all not very familiar with things, and, and and B was also kind of actually just there to pimp his micro game because he gave us all a little thing at the end that was just his game. And I'm like, oh okay, oh, fuck him. yeah, fuck you, I guy. see, I see why you why you do that. Uh, so yeah, uh, I mean it was a, it was a you know, it seems like it would be cool. Uh, yeah. And then that was directly into the Delta Green thing. Okay. Um, my Saturday was mainly team down Ross's or in, Ross and Maddie's. In, so I, I was just Friday night after Ross and Maddie got engaged. I, I had my copy of Road Trip that I was going to get him to sign. 
and instead I got him. Uh, I just instead I got as many people as possible to sign it as a him. So a lot of the time was me like just hunting people down, like Detwiller, Shane Ivy, Greg Stolze, to do their thing. And Us. then I helped. Yeah, it was very nice of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, I need a new copy of Road Trip now, I guess. But <laughs> well, ask Ross for one. <laughs> hey Ross, about that book. Like you got one no, Hey, have... about that about that gift I gave you that I thought was super fucking sweet. Can you reimburse oh. me, homie? If you, if you ask next year, he'll will have forgotten by then. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna need that book that I got I spent a lot of work getting signatures <laughs> for. <laughs> it's, it's just yeah, no, like that was that was basically my Saturday, and then I helped Micah out with a base raiders playtest. What else did you do Saturday, Adam? Oh, I I went to check out the uh, cosplay parade, which I'm going to use some of the art for mm-hmm. that um, for the cover. I mean, I took pictures. I'm going to use for the cover art for that episode. But cool, I mean, dude. I tell you what, man, it is. I'm I'm very conscious with my family. Like my daughters, like I want them to see like some of stuff and do some of stuff and all that. And there are so many like I want to take them to the cosplayers, but I like I like how they I want them to see kick ass females. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and there's there's a lot of you know Captain Marvels and other characters like that that uh, I was glad that my children got to see. But my despite my best intentions, my daughter's favorite thing, or my oldest daughter's favorite thing, was the Five Nights at Freddy's cosplays that they had going on there. Yeah, we that that we, tracks the prototype. Yeah, we we did that and it worked out great. And uh, that wasn't the day that uh, somebody welcomed my wife to America. That was very. Unique. Oh, that's well, right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jesus. Yeah, like so. <laughs> so for those at home, this is like I, I feel like I, I wasn't there, so I can't like project. But like I, everybody here knows this. But so my wife's uh, sister, she converted to Islam, and she had, was in the. Uh, you know, uh, Habib, is that what it's called? Like, or Hajib? Or... Hajib, I think. Hajib. Hajab. 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 Right. Hajab. Well, she was in... It depends, but the Hajab is... So... There's different words for different versions of it. There's the Hijab, the Niqab, and the Burqa. They cover different things. Uh, hijab is the most common version, I think, with, which is just like... I think I think the Hijab is just the headscarf. Oh, yeah. I think I saw what she was wearing. But, you know, so they went out uh, to... Actually, it was at the, the mall next to uh, Gen Con, I think. And in the food court, somebody walks up to my wife and her sister and is like, and, you know, he sees the way she's dressed and just, I'm really glad you're here in America. I think it's something like that's what the person said. And he looks over at my wife and says the same thing. Of course, both both of the ladies are uh, very dark complected anyway. So my wife got welcomed to America and that was nice. I really do wish she'd opened her mouth because, you know, well, thank you. You know, I think it would be like a really nice kind of kind of yeah. twist. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how what I don't know what Andy would do there. I'm pretty sure she would rip person apart. Possibly, but like it was. I think the ignorance of the situation like just floored her. Just like she's never you know encountered that level of. Uh, I guess you could call it racism or like or misguidedness. I don't know. Like I. Don't think the yeah, guy it's, was. It's, it's racism. Woke, yes, he was. He thought that person has dark skin, therefore they're not from here. Like, well, either either they generally thought that person has dark skin, therefore they're not from here, uh, and I will try and be nice about that, um, or 
they were racist and they were trying to hide it. Like they were trying to yeah. put a, put a nice coat on it. Well, you know, they were trying to be sort of subtle about it, like twist the yeah, knife no, thing. Yeah. No matter what, it's bad. Yeah, it's like yeah. Either, either you're a horrible person or you're just like self gratifying yourself. Yeah. But yeah, that's so, you know, she got to have that unique experience. I thought I'd share that with the general uh, population. But <laughs> yep, other than that, I mean, Friday was really chill. Now, we after we did the uh, Delta Green panel. What Patrick, else did you do on Saturday, Adam? Oh, God, I don't remember. What else did I do, Burke? Jesus Christ, do, Adam. Oh, wait. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm really becoming concerned with that. In this episode, <laughs> we talk about dementia. It's sundown it on you. Oh, no, very right, special. So, RPA. All right, so I went over. I thought Burke was just like really interested in my day. So, no, no, no. no. So, guys, I, I'm your number one fan because I'm the only person that's listened to it. But like, so <laughs> Joe has been, you know, has been running this Star Trek game with Burke and Sean Ferris and Aaron Carston, and somebody couldn't make it. Aaron could not make it, so I jumped into a Star Trek game. So, that's right. Uh, who found the room first? Joe. Uh, I did, yeah. Joe. Oh, God. Yeah, this is going to be... I'm glad you reminded me, Bert, because this is yep. really good. So we we set up in this room, and I, we're recording it for the podcast. I'm using lapel mics, and I've you know, got wires strung everywhere and stuff like that. Really horrible. And we jump into our game, and we're having fun. And then, what was that asshole playing? Like, Middle Earth? Was it a Middle Earth? Yeah, I think it was... Uh, yeah, some sort of... Middle Earth role playing game Dungeon Crawl. Which I think it was maybe uh, the One Ring? Was it One Ring? It wasn't the One Ring. Oh, okay. Because they weren't they weren't oh. using the One Ring dice. Was it the old it was the old like TSR yeah. era? Yeah, yeah, Earth. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh god. So like I knew we were screwed because all right, we're folks at home. We're sitting in this conference this real small conference room all by ourselves. Right. Like Two tables, door, glass <laughs> panel, it's opaque. I shut the door because the nerds are so passive aggressive. No one's going to even, they're going to assume that the door is closed to keep them out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no, that, that's not going to work on nerds like me. It did work well, on yeah, nerds like them. It worked on them because it kept them out of there for like 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a ticketed event. They were going to yeah. come in. They were going to come in eventually, but they were just kind of like loitering around outside until the GM got there. Yeah. <laughs> and they kept walking in, Chris. Like we you know, one dude would walk in, look around, see us there, and I I'm resting bitch face hard on him. He turns around and walks out, and then I get the bright idea. I'm like, well, <laughs> maybe we'll look official if I take a microphone out. So I grab that wireless handheld mic I was packing around for the Delta Green panel and I lay it on a table, thinking it would be like kryptonite that they'd be like, Oh, there's big business in here. We're not coming in. <laughs> it's like the room level set. Just put it Yeah, it was pretty bad. <laughs> God damn, Adam! Imagine if I was there. I, I would have just been like, "Hey, what the fuck do you want?" <laughs> well, we, we were assholes. We were ticketed. But... <laughs> they were ticketed. We weren't, unfortunately. But uh... was I do have a question, Joe. You were across from me there. Was my disdain at those people like like clearly written on my face this entire time? Um, until you realized it was a ticketed event. Yes. Yeah, like fucking assholes. <laughs> Once it was clear it was ticketed, you were like, "Oh, okay, we're the assholes." <laughs> <laughs> so we, so we, we stopped the recording, and then we go off to actually out in the hallway, which was totally quiet, and we finished the game. But that was my first experience playing Star Trek, and uh, of course, we were using the Fate system. But 
But the uh, as a sort of addendum to that, the fucked up thing about that game is that when we were down there at like 1 a.m., they were still playing. They played that, yeah. that was like an eight-hour yeah. game. Yeah, we rolled out of there drunk yeah. again <laughs> uh, at 1 o'clock in the morning on Saturday, and they're still in that same fucking room playing the game. We started our game at like 4. Yeah, yeah at 4, 4 p.m. Yeah, their thing started at like 5. Yeah, so... but i can't think of anything else other than our philosophical conversations bert patrick uh joe anybody want to jump in here i think i got sucked into playing that power rangers board game that was long and yes you did died suddenly so you know (laughs) see i talked about almost going into the priesthood 20 years ago yeah i remember that Mm -hmm. that. we were drunk interesting yeah we were talking with william uh Scar or Shar? Um, I think it's Sean. Shar. Yeah, Will Shar. Zuma. But we, he, he, it was fun to hang. We actually, it seemed like we spent a lot of time with him a couple of days there. So mm-hmm. yeah, he's a really nice guy. Yeah, Will's a really nice guy. Yeah. Uh, he's in the um, Delta Green Fund community as well. Uh, I think he's part of the Night of the Opera Living Campaign. I think he might be involved in the Green Box podcast, but don't quote me on that. Uh, he he uh, get, was on an episode of the Green Box podcast. He uh, right for the shotgun scenario thing. Yeah, he's yeah. written two like pretty awesome shotgun scenarios that I've read. I think he had an art dream badge, right? Either for game mastering or something. So he's in that circle. Yeah, I don't recall, but I mean, yeah. I remember him. I just don't recall <laughs> what his deal was. Mm-hmm. I, and I believe, of course, Patrick, you you always sink away. I never I never see you leave. Like it's you're there, and then I turn around <laughs> and you're gone. Like I, goodbyes are hard for me too, Patrick. So I, yeah, I, I totally um, understand. It's it's often like um, there's there's drink and like it's a time con and I'm on um, a slightly different time zone and stuff. So like everyone is like thinking like oh yeah we'll pull a really late night this one and go until two whatever. Like for me it was like. I was leaving at like 11 and someone called me out on that. Like, what are you going? It's like, I just held up my phone and it said 4am. They're like, oh, okay. Um, so <laughs> I wasn't staying as super late as uh, a lot of you. So a lot of the time if I was sneaking out, I wasn't sneaking out. I was just like saying like, hey guys, it's really late for me. I'm going to go to sleep. Um, yeah. Yeah. And like, again, that wasn't like, uh, it was like you know, 11 or 12. So it wasn't like I wasn't, I would say, putting in my dues. Oh yeah, you were you were there. Just I never see you when the when you leave. I was like, ah, oh, because I, I knew I wouldn't see you Sunday. I because I didn't even walk into con Sunday. I just kind of left from there. But yeah, so I, I regret that. But maybe next time. Yeah, this was this was a relatively like tight one for me because um, I was coming in on like I was I was sort of tethered more to uh, Jeb and Chris on schedule. So I was coming in on the Wednesday, going on the Sunday, uh, kind of thing. Yeah. Like. Normally when I come, I have a little well, more wiggle room because I'm sort of well, there as a free sorry. agent. Yeah, no, it was terrible. I mean, I, I understand that I'm the worst and Louisville is the but. Normally I'd come in and be like coming in on a Tuesday and like not going till the Monday to like avoid rushes a lot. Uh, and because like the flights work out cheaper if you come in those like non- Rush days, so like you just sort of eat the extra hotel charges. Uh, but uh, rooming uh, means you sort of have to be there or, or don't sleep anyway, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so this one, um, like it, I enjoyed it, but as I say, it, uh, busy than usual from the previous ones. Even though I think most of that was socializing, uh, I didn't actually do a huge <laughs> amount of events. I think I find that the less 
I'd, I'd have scheduled more open my dance card is the more fun I tend to have at Gen Con. So guys, I'm going to go over my financial expenses here. So let's pull up a calculator real quick. All right. So I purchased a copy of Knights Black Agents Solo Ops. I, I've never had ran Cthulhu Confidential seriously, and but I like the idea of one-on-one games and my wife's is antisocial. So I decided to pick up you know, nice black agents and solo ops, and hopefully I can get her into the the hobby. But so that was like forty. Just round it down to forty. I picked up a copy of Red Markets for Aaron, but I got reimbursed. No, I haven't got reimbursed. Aaron, if you're listening to this, go after your fucking knees now. But I also picked up all the uh, nice little um, add-ons for it. So I had the digital versions of a lot of this, but I picked up a print copy of Trabajo and Love Cabusier, and I also picked up. Elevation by Sean Ferris and the Veblen Goods book. So, so that's about eighty bucks. So I picked up Bands of Band of Blades. So that takes us up to about one hundred and twenty-four dollars. Now, Band of Blades is like you know, Blades in the Dark and uh, Scum and Villainy. It's using that. Uh, it's not powered by the Apocalypse. What is it called? It's a forged in, forged the, dark. in the Dark. Forged in the Dark system that. And Joe and I were speaking about this yesterday, but it's basically the black company with the serial numbers filed off and a healthy dose of Game of Thrones added to it. So I'm looking, I'm actually reading that one pretty intent with the intention of reading it. I like big books and I cannot lie. And you all can't deny that Zweihander is a big book. And I purchased a copy of Zweihander. So it takes me up to about 180. But so I almost had an accident with that book because I had the Red Marcus book stacked on top of the Zweihander book sitting on the edge of the bed. As I was packing up all the stuff Sunday morning, and I looked down, and my children were playing in the floor next to the bed, and I was like, "No, this is bad." Oh, so one of your children died. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. Well, they didn't knock it over. I stopped it. But like, you know, I think the the double, you know, that's why I handed Red Marcus combo would have been pretty bad. That's a shitty Final Destination goal. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely. The, the little gust of wind, and then just uh, a red market falls off, just bonks them on the head. Oh, no. <laughs> it was the fate. I also picked up, of course, I didn't buy this. I'd already bought it through the Kickstarter. But I picked up my copy of Eclipse Face 2nd Edition, which, for those of you at home, is about a uh, half inch thicker than the original book. So, all that great, good content. And, uh, because Burks has spoken so highly of the game, I went out and purchased any winning uh, Mothership and all the other supplements, which is Hive Mind, Dead Planet, and Pound of Flesh. And I really mm-hmm. dig the, those books are cool. I dig the vi- the the zine aesthetic to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it even smells funny like a zine. So, <laughs> like looking forward to that. And I picked up. I was always a fan of the H.P. Lovecraft Historical Society's uh, Dark adventure radio drama like the audio dramatizations of stories and uh, they have ran out of lovecraft stuff really to work on hardcore well they still are but they did a novelization of uh mass Hotep. so i purchased the they were so are these the same people who did the novelization of um what's the train one uh horror on the orient express because there's a novelization of that as well i do not believe they've done that they have uh the fungi from Whatever, there was another You're Lovecraft right. scenario. Uh, I can't remember which one it was, but they. I think they're the fun guy from from Sigur Ross, which is a very good, <laughs> which is a very good uh, hipster Lovecraft. <laughs> I've totally screwed that one up. But so those are the books I picked up, and roughly, I think I probably spent about two hundred and thirty forty dollars up there on 
stuff like that, not counting the meeting and, you know, this, that, and other. So, like, I regret it now, but when I walked in the door with all these books and shit, I was, like, very proud of myself, you know? <laughs> like, Joe doesn't know what he's talking about, spending money. Fuck. And then, you know, I got the bill Friday. So, Joe, there's something to your logic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Have a budget. Try not to overspend it. Yeah, the logic is sanity. <laughs> uh, I just, I went on a bind frenzy. Uh, so, what about you, Joe? What'd you pick up, man? See, I also picked up Band of Blades, and I picked up Tachyon Squadron, hopefully soon to be coming soon to a gate to a podcast near you. Mm. And uh, I picked up a game called For the Queen, which is a card game, like sort of a, a role-playing style cooperative card game uh, mm-hmm. that I have not played yet. And I also picked up Starcrossed, which is uh, also sort of a role-playing game uh, with Jenga Tower that simulates forbidden love uh and i played that with my wife two nights ago and she really liked it i think it's pretty cool awesome and uh i did i fade i'm gonna be honest i uh zoned out of your tale of costly woe because i spent <laughs> 200 bucks <laughs> on those games and that's it and i was like oh, okay that's my budget for for buying stuff everything else is food room and uh you know getting around <laughs> you didn't look at it any like pewter statues that you were talking about in the past <laughs> i mean i looked at them but i didn't think about buying them because i know it's absurd <laughs> <laughs> that's a rich man's game yeah <laughs> burke how about yourself man what'd you pick up uh let's see so i also got eclipse phase second ed which is probably the biggest thing i got like i fly in so i, I can't buy a lot of things it's i don't feel like carrying them back and i don't like to uh do like the shipping so i got that I got Transhumanity's Fate, which is like their official fate adaptation of Eclipse Phase, which I was just curious how they did that and how they handled certain things in Eclipse Phase and Fate. Uh, I also got a Pound of Flesh for mother- Mothership, um, a couple dumb books for Star Trek, the Modiphius Star Trek, and then they were handing out DCC Dungeon Crawl Classic Quick Start Guides for free. So I took one of those. And that is it. I came in way under budget. I thought I'd buy a lot more shit. I managed not to. I, f- I found that. I got to restrain myself when I go to Origins because if I had purchased, I picked up the Persephone um, uh, shit. I spent more money than I told you. But the Persephone <laughs> distraction or whatever at Origins, if I'd waited and bought it at Gen Con, they had their little buy three, get, get one free thing. And I, mm-hmm. also, I, I picked up the uh, Nice Black Agents, uh, the GM screen and then the extra guide that kind of mm-hmm. comes with it, the extra stuff. So I, I would have been entitled to get one of those free. Or picked up another book, which I was looking at Thirteenth Age pretty hard, but I let that pass. Chris, I think you said you didn't pick up anything, or is there anything you'd like to mention? I mean, I think I net lost stuff. Like uh, I came in with a bunch of things, and then like I decided my road trip game is going to be the the Ross Payton Memorial, and I'm super happy about that. <laughs> I was super cool, dude. That was very selfless. Yeah. Um, I picked up Cats of Cthulhu, books one through three, and I picked up all of the red market stuff that was going on. But mainly, this is more about me experiencing the the con. I definitely hope we can all do this again next year. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I also Good think time. I saw, I think I also saw Travis McElroy walking around, but I didn't talk to him. But uh, he, he was there, but um, I imagine a professional like him gets pretty swamped. I saw him last year, but not this year. I saw him last year, too. Um. He was just literally walking through a hallway 
shorter than I expected. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, what... dude's kind of small. Yeah, he's like Joe size. Yeah, yeah, that's about right. I was like, hey, this guy's like like my height. Man, Griffin must be <laughs> tiny. <laughs> oh lord. Well, we're clocking in. And uh, about... Go ahead. I didn't do my. Yeah, Adam. You didn't buy anything, God Patrick. Damn, Adam. <laughs> How dare you, Adam? Patrick, you didn't fill out the <laughs> list that I was looking at. It. I totally forgot Your you. story wasn't cleared by customs. No one uh, <laughs> so, Adam, uh, uh, Patrick, what did you... Uh, so, uh, to uh, avoid repeating some stuff, because I did buy some things that other people have bought. So, Eclipse Face, Second Edition, and Band of Blades uh, was both purchased. Uh, I also... Um, in terms of like people talking about their budget, so GenCon comes like after just after my birthday, so this was kind of a I, I did have sort of a, a little bit of a remit to treat myself. Uh, uh, I don't mean to uh, kind of sounds braggy, kind of like an asshole, but like I, I I did I still had like a budget that I was working from, but trying to go, but I was just trying to like you know I I, I was going into the whole being like I should get myself something that, like I should get myself in there, so that's why I'm entering this. So I ended up picking up uh, one of the annotated King in Yellows. Uh, from Arc Dream, uh, which is a, a lovely limited edition, you know, leather bound, um, full of Ken Hyde's mad scribblings uh, onto uh, these, and it's a you know, gorgeous book. Um, and then the rest of the stuff I got was stuff that was, I had a phrase, this, stuff that was like small and indie enough that I couldn't reliably expect my local stuff to get it, my local store to get it. Like, and I, I, Usually don't buy the bigger stuff like, you know, I'm not going to buy anything by, from Call of Cthulhu um, or Paizo because, hey, we, we have those. We have those over here. Mm-hmm. Um, like anything by uh, Mephidius Mif- Mif- or Cubicle 7, I'm not going to get that. Um, so I found a couple of uh, smaller indie games that I thought were interesting. Uh, one was called The Dig, uh, a role-playing game by... Uh, by Shoreless Skies, which is basically about being like the the dwarves in Moria. Um, it's about dwarves reshaping the world. Uh, in this, it's this GMless, storyless game, kind of building a map as you uh, undertake this this great project as the the dwarves of your local kingdom and uh, try and have things not go horribly wrong. It probably will. Uh, oh yeah, I, I remember when you bought that. Super interesting. Yeah. I considered picking up the Times Chalice, but I didn't. Uh, another one I got was uh, Sword and Crown and Unspeakable Power, which is a Powered by the Apocalypse game by, I want to say, Todd Nichols of uh, Wheeltree Press. Sorry, just double-checking in the book. Todd Nicholas, not Nichols. Yeah. Uh, which is a Powered by the Apocalypse game of um, aiming for a sort of a Game of Thronesy, low but nasty fantasy, uh, a lot of focus on, like, politics and influence and like different sorts of power so like magic is a sort of power but like the guy with the sword also has power kind of thing uh which looks very interesting and then um i found it would make a neckbeard catch fire like a vampire to a crucifix <laughs> uh called the watch a game by anna Kreider and andrew medeiros uh, another power by the apocalypse game uh, which is a game of uh, military fantasy uh, following the rise of a force called the Shadow, which has uh, ravaged the populations of the, the local lands uh, and attacks through one's gender. 
uh, and the game is like very much explicit about this uh that the shadow is is the patriarchy is like toxic gender norms so um the game is about trying to is about these uh gender non-conforming characters uh so anyway uh the shadow uh, is a game uh in which you know you have these explicitly you you explicitly cannot play a man um or you cannot play a cis man oh no trans men are also out uh because the way the shadow works is uh because it comes at you through these dangerous toxic gender it's, it's, it's the gender concept that's the yes Less it, it's, it's, it's toxic gender norms um it makes people who are very like butch man um very vulnerable to it so it, like explicitly is like it's it's a critique of the idea of like men exist to hunt and breed and women are there to serve like like those are how the shadow gets you uh, so it also gets women so it is basically like hey the proud boys are coming get your uh, you're going to kill some Proud Boys and their their Lord and Master, Sauron. <laughs> so um, I, I would like to run it. I don't know if we are the right group for it. I'd like to get maybe, maybe uh, get some more gender diverse representation in it. But I also think part of the fun of gaming is it gives us a space to explore that, even if we aren't necessarily, like I'm not trans, but uh, a, a game which invites one to explore being trans, having a, a trans identity might be cool. So, yeah. if, listeners, if that's something uh, you might find interesting, let us know. If that is uh, something you think is uh, a communist conspiracy to undermine the West, um, I don't know how you found this part. <laughs> I don't know why they're still listening to us. I don't think we're on tour. We're not on tour browsers. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, so, yeah, that's my whole. I'm sorry to have cut you off there earlier. <laughs> I just. No, that I was, was looking <laughs> <laughs> so i believe that's uh about all it is for gen con i would like before i take us out of here just you know shout out to all the cool people i got to hang out with definitely forgot to mention jeremy but you know it's always a pleasure to see jeremy and nathan up yeah. there had a blast with them micah's always great to hang out with got to make some new friends like you know we mentioned will Jeremy's and a, max an aggressively nice guy oh god he's uh, yeah he's so nice like uh, disarming nice uh yeah and you know got to hang out with jeff barber forgot to mention that but jeff's always a blast to hang out with and then patrick thanks for bringing rhubarb gin i've never had that <laughs> and it was better than i thought it would be yeah yes. nice. patrick you have a you have a habit of bringing a creepily good gin like <laughs> dangerously blame the uh the duty free uh, awesome it's not stuff i quite like in my in the wild except that it's like on the way i'd like Oh, I'll, I'll stop by the duty free and, and buy some spirits at six a.m. That's a that's, that's the appropriate. <laughs> I mean, if you bring neutral gin, I'll probably make martinis, and that will be also a nightmare. So, if there's nothing else to say, I would like to uh, go ahead and thank our listeners for tuning in, and your support is definitely appreciated greatly. Also, like to take a moment to, uh, if you're not already backing us on Patreon, we would you know definitely. Appreciate the support. We now have a Indian food uh, addiction that we've got to you know keep going. But we also take that money to purchase like the new logo, for example, that uh, Crazon from uh, Rigor Mortis Audente or Audente Rigor Mortis. Right. Yeah. I, I always dyslexic with that title. We also um, we also are constantly working on improving the sound quality of all of our the other rpx members so yeah we would uh, you know we're going to be doing more equipment upgrades over the months now we got gen con and logo out of the way on the big list of things so uh, yeah any... it also goes to like really basic stuff like the hosting like this you wouldn't be able to listen to this were it not for the patreon oh 
Lord, yes. yeah. Yeah, it goes for the website, for the podcast hosting. And I can tell you, from a man that was paying it out of pocket for two years, I definitely appreciate every little nickel and dime <laughs> out here. My bet. <laughs> How can people look into us, Sam? Okay. We are at RP Exchange at tw- on Twitter, the Twitter. We also have a webpage, which is www.rollpointexchange.com, and which, you know, Patreon backers back and paid for. And we also have a Facebook page that I give less love to, but it's still out there. So it's, you know, facebook.com slash the role playing exchange. So you know, if you like to drop us that, and also if you wanted to uh, leave us a nice little review on iTunes, it would greatly appreciate that. We feels good to see an extra little like or a star or something like that. So, you know, any feedback whatsoever, positive, we would definitely appreciate. And that also helps us the iTunes rank iTunes rankings. So if you would. Yes, if you would like this podcast to grow, the, the weird algorithms that rule our lives uh, want to put like, uh, if you give us more reviews, they will put that in like suggested piles more. So uh, it is it is a free thing that you can do that actually significantly helps the growth of the podcast. Yep. So if you if you maybe don't have the money to spend on Patreon, like completely understand, but there are other ways. Help us. And we obviously appreciate those just as much. Right. Thank you. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell Randy Gonzalez. Yeah. And if you have a negative review, remember the podcast's name is Role Playing Public Radio. Uh, so go to them and <laughs> <laughs> complain no, to them. Give us all of your reviews because the algorithm doesn't care. Yeah, really. <laughs> it just cares about engagement. <laughs> and if that doesn't work out, just check out The Drunk and the Ugly or Technical Difficulty yeah. because they are also just. Yeah, I guess what we're really saying is please play with us. <laughs> with that, we're out. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.